0: Let's get an update now on the current scale and size and scope of the overdose crisis that we've had here in this province now. We've been in a public health emergency for a couple of years now. So are we making any progress with all of the education, all the talk, all the different programs that we have launched as a result of this? Well, new figures out from the BC Coroner Service today show that 268 people died in BC from illicit drugs in the first three months of this year that's actually down. But carfentanil was also detected in nearly double the number of fatalities compared to a year ago. And remember, carfentanil is 100 times more deadly than fentanyl. So let's get a bigger picture of these numbers now with the help of Andy Watson, who's the communications manager at the BC Coroner's Service. Andy,
1: thanks for joining us. Hi, Simi. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: So are there kind of positives and negatives with these numbers today?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, cautious optimism seeing the year-over-year monthly average down, but certainly um, cause for uh, concern, I think, with the carfentanil detection data that we see. Um, When we look at the testing for carfentanil that started in uh, the summer of 2017, we hadn't seen high numbers in in carfentanil-detected deaths. But for the first three months of 2019, we've seen a big increase. Um, 35 deaths had carfentanil detected in all of 2018, and we've already seen 64 for 2019, and we're only three months into the year. So... Certainly, that's something that we're keeping a very close eye on, and working with our our partners uh, across the province, with health authorities and, and provincial organizations, to try and really get a better sense of why that's happening. And uh, hopefully, that data sharing will, will help uh, help those on the front lines to be able to come up with some solutions of of what might be happening and why it's happening.
0: Andy, what do you think that tells us? Then, I mean, if if we're improving the numbers in people who are dying, so fewer people are Dying, and yet we're seeing more car fentanyl. Is that in some way indicating that maybe the message is getting through, but unfortunately the drugs are just getting deadlier?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's exactly exactly it. Um, we know that there's a toxic drug supply with carfentanil there, as you said off the top, 100 times more potent than fentanyl. Uh, the toxicity of that drug supply is certainly very high. Uh, it's an unsafe supply, and that's why we continue to advocate for access to safe supply. Uh, you heard Dr. Bonnie Henry come out uh, a few weeks ago talking about decriminalization. These are all things that we need to consider as we continue to turn a corner here. But certainly, I think it shows and 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 it's hard to point to specifically what is working, but something is working. When you look at an average of over 130 deaths a month in 2018 for the first three months, and now we're down to 90 a month um, for the first three months of 2019, while that's still, you know, 89, 90 deaths, too many. Uh, at least it's coming down, and I think, you know, when you come down a third uh, in the total number of deaths, uh, that that's a significant, uh, that's a significant chunk that we're we're looking at, and and certainly, we need to continue our efforts. We can't let off our. Uh, let off our pressure here in in a public health emergency in terms of of taking action. But but certainly this is a sign for cautious optimism as, as we look forward.
0: I do remember that about a year ago, we saw a dip in the numbers, but then, you know, the next month it went back up. So do you think that by putting three months in a row here of some improving numbers that we can safely say that maybe something is going right?
1: Well I think even looking back to November of last year where we started to see a a decline uh, it got up to 127 in November, December was 116 and then for January, February and March of this year looking at 91, 73 and 104 deaths respectively. So down from those high 140, 150 numbers that we've seen previous months uh, dating back to late 2016. Uh, So we're down and I think the trend over time we have seen a decrease. So Again, cautious optimism, and, and with any data, we have to we have to treat it with caution, as it you know as it is preliminary and, and subject to change as other investigations and testing results come in. But certainly, and hearing what we've heard anecdotally, it sounds like there's that there is a shift and. Um, we'll continue to monitor and continue to provide updates, and and you know, in particular, we'll be monitoring this carfentanil situation with uh, with with keen interest.
0: Some of the things that you said you've heard anecdotally, then, what is that? Is that are, are people understanding that the drug supply is toxic? Are they more concerned about that, or what's happening?
1: I think two things. The first thing is I, what we would heard anecdotally for the first three months of the year was that there was a decrease in certainly what we had reporting uh, in real time coming to us. Uh, we wanted to wait until we shared any of that because we wanted to make sure that we had data coming in that supported that. And so that's what we've done today with our data release. But I think the other thing that we're hearing from our partners anecdotally is that the drug checking services, the safe consumption and overdose prevention sites, um, the, the education and marketing that's going on to inform People, we're in the narrative now, and the discussion is certainly and and thanks to partners in the media and partners in uh, different agencies across the province, we're we're able to get the word out and have these discussions about if you know the drug supply's unsafe, don't be risky. use yeah. use these safe consumption services, use the drug checking services, and I think the conversations that you and I have had, Simi, and that you've had with Lisa Lapointe, the chief coroner, you know, it just further highlights. You know, the risk that's out there and and by sharing that risk and giving possible solutions, I think it's a step in the right direction. And we've got to continue to do that until really we get this uh, illicit supply off the streets.
0: And that was the key though, wasn't it? It was like almost like people had to be aware of the risk, but be almost be a little bit afraid before they took this seriously.
1: Well, I think that and realize that it's hitting people from all walks of life. I think that initially when this crisis first started, you know, really in, in 2016, I think that there was a finger pointing and oh, well, I don't know anyone that's impacted by that. And I think over time, when you're talking about hundreds of people dying, you know, every year – you know over 100 a month people have now had this impact them and i think that that is sort of everyone knows someone that's been either directly or indirectly impacted by this crisis and and i think seeing you know hearing some of the stories that have come from families about who their loved ones were how they were impacted by the crisis some in some cases people not knowing in other cases people knowing but not having the right solution or services in place it just goes to show that no matter who you are, if you're if you're somebody that's using substances, there is risk right now. And without a safe supply, um, people that are turning to the streets are 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 dealing with an illicit market. And and it's like it's like playing a game of uh, Russian roulette. You yeah. just you don't know what's going to come through. So uh, I'm happy to see all the partners on the front lines that have tried to find solutions and tried to create safe space for for folks that are using substances.
0: Right, but we still have to keep it up, though, right? Because like if oh. you get slack, it feels like like this drug is out there waiting to take people again.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's another challenge. You know, we're, we're into this, com- potentially into this era of compassion fatigue. And even to a certain degree, I think when people hear and read about the crisis, it's, oh, uh, overdose data is out again. Well, what's new? And I think that's another thing. You know, we're trying to find ways to show different data sets to show really who's impacted by this crisis Certainly with today's news, the car fentanyl piece and the fact that we may have turned a corner, you know, those are good conversation pieces, but it doesn't change the fact that we need to continue to talk about safety and the public safety element of this, and that's, that's really the key. The key is let's get past the data and talk about who's being impacted, how to stay safe. And, and where we need to go from here. So hopefully that this you know this interview and other interviews today will will lead to those conversations. And if you know someone in your life that uses substances, talk to them about safe services in their area and what they can do. And certainly the towardtheheart.ca website has great info the coroner's service obviously we publish the statistics on this on a monthly basis so there's lots of great resources out there and uh, and certainly lots happening from a government level uh, in terms of trying to combat this crisis as well.
0: Andy what is that picture so what is the picture like who is the typical person that is dying of a drug overdose?
1: Yeah, sadly, this hasn't changed much based on what we're seeing. And, you know, I, I know that this is different in, in Indigenous communities, and we'll, we'll let them do, do the talking on, on what that looks like at, at a later time. Uh, but certainly province-wide, what we're seeing generally, males aged 30 to 59 are, are really that target demographic. Um, you know, more than two-thirds of all illicit drug deaths in B.C. Uh, for the start of 2019 were uh, involving people aged 30 to 60, males have been accounting for four in every five of the illicit drug deaths over the same period. Uh, It's consistent with what we were seeing last year. Uh Fentanyl also being detected in almost nine in every ten deaths. Um, That's consistent with what we're seeing. And as we put out in September of last year, we see people in the trades and transportation industry being at a higher risk and certainly people isolated, people who um, are indoors using alone, people that don't have the ability to have someone help them. So how do we get those folks A, not to have shame or stigma when they're using substances, and B, to know what services they can access. And so we'll continue to try and do that work. And again, to try and help prevent death in similar circumstances.
0: All right, Andy, thanks so much for talking to us about it.
1: Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great day.
0: You too. That's Andy Watson, Communications Manager at the BC Coroner Service. We regularly talk to Andy, uh, and he paints this picture for us. There's good news And bad news in the latest set of numbers that the coroner service has released here. The good news is that fewer people are dying versus a year ago. In the first three months of this year, 268 people died in BC from illicit drugs. That is still a startlingly high number, but it is down almost one third from the same period a year ago. But here's the bad news with that. Carfentanil was detected in nearly double the number of fatalities compared to a year ago, and this drug is 100 times more deadly than fentanyl so it is showing up in larger numbers in the supply it is more and more responsible for the overdoses uh, and it is out there and so that's the one thing they are keeping a very close eye on and who is dying predominantly still men Uh, males between the ages of 30 and 59 are still the number one victims of this uh, opioid overdose crisis on a way in simi at cknw.com another important reason for us to talk about that today is that the those drugs like where are they coming from they're on our streets people are buying them people are dying and the drugs are coming from you know gangs they're coming from organized crime that money is being laundered that's all part of the same bigger picture that we're talking about when it comes to money laundering here in bc